Welcome to Bible Studies for Life Adults Podcast. Glad you took the time to join me uh, for this uh, session. I'm Lynn Pryor, host of this, and my co-host is Chris Johnson. And uh, Chris, we haven't seen each other for a while, just so how are things going for you these days? Life is good. Life is good. So it's uh, good to hear your voice and glad that we're picking back up with our podcast at this time. Yeah, life is good. It's busy. So, but uh, joining us, joining Chris and I is Amber Vaden. And uh, Amber, thanks for joining us, taking the time to call in uh, to this podcast. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Okay. And uh, just for everyone to know, Amber Vaden is on the Bible Studies for Life team. Amber is the content editor for the Daily Discipleship Guide. Now, if you're not familiar with that, uh, Amber and I want to talk a, a little bit about it at the end of this podcast. But Amber has been a part of this team since, uh, gosh, 2013, I believe. Is that correct, Amber? Yeah, 2012. Uh-huh. 2012. Yeah. And uh, she's just been a great asset as we think through questions. And uh, I just like the way she sometimes is, is looks at the stuff that I've edited and goes and just sees a different perspective on it or, or catches something I didn't catch. So, Amber, I really appreciate that. Uh, and I and, and do really appreciate you being a part of our podcast. We are in the uh, middle of a study called Living with Hope in a Broken World. And so uh, our focus from a scriptural perspective, uh, all of our, all of the sessions have come out of uh, first Peter. And uh, today uh, we want to talk, the title of our lesson is the joy arising from our hope. Um, But um, so some of the questions that we ask to kind of get things going are, you know, what are things that bring you joy? And, um, I think that's kind of a softball kind of question that I think anybody can answer. Um, anything, anything, anything in uh, for you guys that is just bringing you joy right now? I, I would have to say um, just getting to, you know, now we're connecting with people like on the phone, with Zoom, with uh, different technologies. Um, and those have been so much fun and have just been um really valuable have brought me a lot of joy lately so just the, just uh, interacting with people more directly than emails or uh things like that but just having having personal interaction yeah yeah uh-huh. with, with this whole COVID 19 thing we've been dealing with uh, in in 2020 uh, i think that's a valid thing that we took some things for granted with uh mm-hmm with with friends and 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 family and so then when we were forced into this okay stay at home you're safer at home we all of a sudden we realized you know i really miss seeing those people so i've amber i've I've caught myself doing the same thing just with phone calls and just making sure i'm staying in touch hey how you doing and just checking so and and there is there is joy in that so what Uh we're going to be what we're looking at today is as chris has said we're talking about joy but as we look at this passage, it seems to be all about suffering. In fact, that is our, our point is that we want to look at is the suffering for Christ can deepen our walk with him. Now, you want to see there is this emphasis that we're suffering for Christ. Well, where's the joy in that? But as we unpack this, as we walk through this passage, I want us to see that the, fo- the focus on joy, it really does arise as we suffer for Christ. So as we get into 1 Peter 4, we're going uh, to see that, that just in the face of suffering, if we think like Christ, if we rejoice 
in Christ and we give glory to God and all this, there is a joy that comes from that. Uh, that's just, uh, I think the world probably think, thinks is ludicrous, but there is a joy that's there. First Peter four, verse one, therefore, since Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same understanding because the one who suffers in the flesh is finished with sin in order to live the remaining time in the flesh, no longer for human desires, but for God's will. So he begins with, since Christ suffered, you're going to suffer. And it's almost uh, sobering uh, for us sometimes to hear that, to be reminded that, that the, the reality of Christ's sufferings means that that's going to be our reality too. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I think it's not really a huge newsflash, right? I mean, because maybe you'll go through a year or two where, where things really are going well, and then suddenly something happens and you realize, okay, no one is exempt from suffering or pain or, or distress. And so um, it, it is sobering, but it's like, oh, oh yeah, I forget this, this is going to happen. And so uh, I think it's really valuable, uh, valuable wisdom. I, I think that, I think you're accurate. I think that, um, it's like a gut check. It's like when it, when it's me, when it's us, when suffering's happening to, to me, when there's pain or difficulty or heartache that's coming to my life, uh, that, uh, it, there is a jolt though. It is a, it kind of does catch us by surprise. And then it seems like we're, there are those, all those reminders from scriptures that, Oh yeah, that's, you know, there, there's no promise that life's going to be perfect and we're never going to have any problems or difficulties because we're Christians. Yes, and yeah. the call in this is for us to think like Jesus. And so when we have that time where we think, well, why is this happening to me? Why, you know, that as Christians you alluded to, well, I'm a Christian. Why am I suffering? Why am I going through this? But to remember, Christ himself suffered. He who did no sin, who did nothing right yet, he suffered. And as the, as the passage says here, Peter's reminding us, we need to arm ourselves with that same understanding. So let's now go to the next section, which we're going to skip down to verse 12, uh, verses 12 through 14. We're going to, I want us to see in this that in the face of our suffering, we rejoice in Christ. We think like him, and then we rejoice in him. Let me just read verse 13. Instead, rejoice as you share in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may also rejoice with great joy when his glory is revealed. I think uh, verse 12 is significant, too, based on some of the things we just talked about. Don't be surprised when fiery ordeal comes uh, among you to test you. Uh, so, you know, it, it it's almost like he's trying to prepare us and remind us that, hey, this is going to happen. Um, sort of like what he started with in verse 1, and then he just comes back around to it again in verse 12. Um, so that idea of rejoicing, instead rejoice, is is the again the focus of our studies why 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 we we lift that up in our title um but it's easier said than done uh it that does kind of bring to mind matthew chapter 5 verses 11 and 12 uh you're blessed when they insult you and persecute you and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me um be glad and rejoice because your reward is great in heaven 
for that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So he does kind of give us a reason for, for rejoicing, not, not that we rejoice in pain, but that we rejoice um, in knowing that because we are in Christ, there is a, there is a future ahead that is beyond whatever is currently happening in our lives. That maybe is so the context is, um, is important. Uh, people at that time were either uh, experiencing suffering or difficulty because of their faith. And uh, we, um, there would be a lot of people in our groups who, who would probably say, you know, I've, I've never, I've never suffered because of my faith. That, 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 that's just, that's not something that's been a part of the realm of my experience uh, as a Christian. But um, uh, a question that, that, um, that could possibly help for people to think about it is how do Christians typically respond when their beliefs are ridiculed? Uh, uh, Maybe a way to get at that from a kind of a real life perspective where we are uh, today in our culture, you think? As we think about what it means, it's suffering, just physical suffering, something like that. If we learn how to rejoice in Christ, see it from his perspective, when we're going through those type of sufferings, that only equips us and helps us that when we do face that type of persecution, suffering because of our faith, we're, we're mm-hmm. in a better position because we've we've practiced it in, in other areas of suffering. Now in my walk with Christ, I can still rejoice as well. Um, I, I, again, this has got to sound crazy and ludicrous to someone who is not a follower of Christ. Uh, yet mm-hmm. sure. when, when we stand strong, when we still find ability to rejoice in the light of that, think what a witness that is to other people to say there's something in that person that I don't have that they can still not, not just smile, but they can go through life strong and confident. There's a rejoicing and there's a joy there that I don't experience. COVID-19 with everything we've been dealing with, we could talk about suffering uh, in different ways. Well, I've never experienced that type of suffering. I haven't experienced that type of suffering, but with COVID-19, what's what we've seen here in this year is there's a common suffering. We all can relate to the, whether it's, we uh, know people who, who've uh, got sick from it. Well, certainly when we look at our jobs, our lifestyles, we've all experienced a level of suffering in that that's common. So for a non-believer, to see how I handle this situation is a testimony there that I can rejoice even though I'm going through this. Uh, And that can even be an encouragement to other Christians who struggle to see us as believers go, this is okay. I can still rejoice in Christ. Now, and and in that, that gives glory to God uh, that I'm pointing people to God. When you look at the verses 15 through 19, where there is an emphasis here in this passage that as we face suffering, we can give glory to God. Uh, He says there in verse 16, if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in having that name. Yeah, I think there's something about um, times of suffering that what comes out of that 
the, the spiritual fruit and just the spiritual growth, that, that kind of, that kind of outcome just doesn't come during easy, easy times or easy seasons. So there is something about, um, recognizing that going through difficulties and going through um, suffering or persecution for being a Christian, um, it is a refining process and it is going to um, strengthen and refine uh, our faith in a way that, that frankly can't happen when everything is perfect. So there is a, there is a a way to look at that and go, okay, this is, there are some good things here. Um, This is teaching me some things that I really needed to know. All right, Amber, let's chase that for a minute. In fact, uh, you both put this question in your uh, your personal study guide, the Daily Discipleship Guide. It's that question of how has our faith grown? How has your faith grown uh, through suffering? Um, I think I could speak to that. Uh, I'll give Amber a minute to, to ponder that. Um, in 2006, uh, uh, my wife and I, our family, experienced the death of our teenage son uh, due to a uh, automobile accident and um, at you know at that time I worked at Lifeway and I'd been a minister um, you know most all of my adult life and what I discovered in that time was um, what I have always said I believed and uh, said to people who were going through times of pain and suffering I, I really believe all of those things that God is good, that he is with us, that he is faithful, that we can trust him um, even in the midst of, uh, of terrible suffering. And uh, uh, I don't, don't know that it was as much my faith growing, but it was just a reminder that um, I really believe this stuff and it really does matter. And it does, it is what gets us through that, you know, the, the hope of heaven suddenly becomes a big deal um, where, you know, up to that point in time in my life, you know, we, we had had the normal kind of losses and pains and uh, deaths in our family, but nothing like that. And um, it, it just reminded us of, of the hope that we have, um, in Christ, in Christ Jesus, for for eternity. So all of those things are 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 significant, and we're reminders of um, we, we really need our faith in, in Jesus in in difficult times. Yeah, I think there's times of difficulty um, that I've experienced. They do make some kind of pause and and question yourself uh, in a in a moment of of pain or distress or suffering. Uh, you ask, okay, now I, I have said for a while that God is good and he loves us and he is in control. And right now, all of those truths seem crazy <laughs> because yeah. all of what's happening around me. And so you, you really do come to a point where you sort of choose, it. do I truly uh, believe what I have said I believed or do I just not? And, um, and so it is a... I don't know. It is a, a, a moment of really determining um, do you take the Lord at his word and do you um, put all your hope in that? Uh, or, or do you have to just say, I, I can't see it. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, those have been times that I have thought, no, I do. I, I don't understand why this is happening and I don't see good coming from this, but I do uh, put my full faith in the Lord and I know that he is still in 
in control of all of this. Well, and verse 19 is a, uh, just a great summary to everything that we've just talked about. So then let those who suffer according to God's will entrust themselves to a faithful creator while doing what is good. So uh, the stress has been throughout the book, do what is right, do what is good. Don't stop doing those things and trust God. Just trust God that he's faithful. And uh, it's, it, it's, a, it's an amazing summary uh, for us to keep holding. I'm amazed at the practicality uh, that I've seen mm-hmm. as we have looked at First Peter together. The, uh, the things that he, he helps us to, um, to, to encourages us to practice and to do that just need to be normative in our lives. And I've just been blessed. I've, I've grown up in a, in a family and I've always been around people who, who take that to heart, who live that stuff out. Um, but it's so good to see it in scripture, just leap off of the page. Right. Yeah. Well, you yeah. see here, we don't, none of us go looking for suffering. It's true. And, but we don't need to fear it either. Uh, so I, I just this cause we see in this passage that as we as we endure that we it will deepen our walk with Christ. So my my the reminder for me is just to let God mold me through what I'm facing, through what I'm going through. Let God mold me more and more into my likeness. I guess this is just maybe a good time to say to those who are listening to our podcast, uh, I just want to encourage you uh, as, as maybe you're going through some difficult times as people in your group are going through difficult times to use this as an opportunity just to get reconnected with the things that matter most in your life, to trust, trust God uh, to, to be with you, to help you, to, know that the the one who made you and created you and created all that there is uh is faithful and and just continue to do the right thing continue to do what is good just trust him as you go through this time uh it's a good reminder so we want to thank those of you who are listening to our podcast and hope this has been helpful and encouraging to you uh lynn alluded to the fact that uh, uh he and amber are going to talk about the uh, the DDG, the Daily Discipleship Guide. And so, guys, this is probably a good time for you to uh, to tell how this is a distinctive resource that might be helpful to, to those who are listening to our podcast. Yes, the Daily Discipleship Guide really has the same content that you see in the personal study guide. But what Amber does on her team, they take it and put it in a devotional format. Um, Typically, what people do with a personal study guide is, at least the expectation for many leaders, group leaders, is read this before you come to group, and then we'll talk about it. Now, that's a good model, but Amber's Daily Discipleship Guide takes an opposite approach, where we're going to meet together as a group, and we're going to talk about First Peter chapter 4. Then when our group is through meeting, we're going to, the encouragement is now go home with your daily discipleship guide and continue looking at this study in a devotional way, five daily devotions. Amber, I'll let you address that. Yeah, so it's just like what you said. There's, we still meet um, in our weekly meeting. We will study the passage. Um, we will talk about all the important points. And then for the next, the next week, There are five daily devotions that really allow your group members and you uh, to kind of camp out on this, this topic, this passage. Um, You, you dig a little deeper. There's just some um, questions to kind of 
think through and pray through, and it just allows maybe a little more, um, a deeper dive or just a little more time spent on this one passage. So it lets you kind of camp out for a minute. Uh, and then, of course, the next week you start all over with the next, the next session. So, so the five daily devotions essentially reinforce the things that you talked about in your group session? Yes. Uh-huh. It'll take a, uh, maybe a couple of verses and kind of uh, go into those a little bit and, and expound a little bit on what those are teaching us. Okay. So you've, you've actually, I know you work on this, but you've also used this with a group. How, what have, what have you experienced as you've, as you, have you, as you have used this tool? I like it. <laughs> so I have used this with my small group. Um, it's really good. I think the, my favorite part uh, or my favorite features of the DDG, there's a, a two page spread that that is our, when we meet together, um, that is what we talk about. So it's not six or seven pages long. It's two pages. It has the scripture on it and it kind of keeps us all on um, those highlights. Uh, so it's, it's a, it's a good way to go through the study, to go through what, whatever the main point is that we're, we're studying. And it allows us to really go through all of that and talk about it and, and discuss it. And there, of course, there's a lot of discussion and then to go home and kind of, you know, for the next five days, uh, really kind of let it, uh, be an individual thing with you and the Lord. So probably my favorite thing though, is the group time spread where you go over that in your, in your gathering. Now you also have a teaching tip for us for the, for the leaders. Is that correct? Yes. So this is from the teaching plan in the back of uh, the book. We have a teaching plan for every single week and each week we try to throw in um, an optional teaching activity or teaching idea that, it's up to the leader if they choose to do it or not, but it's just something that maybe would be a little more creative or spark uh, a discussion or uh, a point that could be kind of highlighted. And so I really like this one. So this is on page 134 if you happen to have uh, the book in front of you. But basically before you meet, so if you meet on Sunday mornings uh, earlier, um, the week before, uh, contact your group members invite them to identify and choose a scripture passage that personally gives them hope when they are in a difficult time. So you're just asking them, you know, before you come to our group meeting, um, please bring uh, a scripture passage that for you is really significant. And that you're just going to ask them to share that during the time. Now, everybody may not want to share, and that's totally fine. Uh, but hopefully a few will. Uh, and then in your in your group meeting, there's a, a moment where it says in the teaching plan, okay, this is that time, invite your group members to share. And it gives just, if you have the time, it gives just a little moment to kind of let group members share, okay, you know, Psalm 121, that's my go-to when I need, uh, when I really need some extra encouragement and just a reminder of some, of some deep truths that when things feel crazy, uh, so you, you basically are allowing your group members to kind of share just briefly what scripture um, is, is really meaningful to them. And then I think it would be really neat to make a list of those and maybe text or email that out when it's over. Just as um, 
just kind of as just an encouragement to each other. But I think it, it would allow for some good discussion. Well, thank you so much for listening to uh, Bible Studies for Life adult podcast. I hope that you'll plan on uh, being with us next week as we continue to walk through these scriptures together. 